Welcome in college hockey fans in the desert southwest around the world, around the United States, Canada, anywhere you can hear us on the podcast. This is College Hockey Southwest Weekly. As you can see, if not, you will soon hear my co-host on Long Island, New York, Paul Hornstein. Hello. Scott Strandy here in uh, Scottsdale, Arizona. Um, back to a Tuesday, Paul. Feels good. The, uh, the schedule is getting back to normal, as I call it. Um, <laughs> we finished up a, a weekend here at Oceanside. Now we got yeah. what I'm calling the biggest weekend in their season to date. And their season, I see the... The you're going to go out on a limb with that? Uh, say that? That's the very gutsy of you. The funny part is when I when I say that, it, then everybody goes, yeah, but we still got to win the games afterwards. I'm going, well, yeah, that's yeah, a, you gotta, a duck. You got to win these first. You can't yeah. worry about the one. You can't worry about Saturday yeah. night until you play Friday night. So Right. But here's the thing. In the pairwise, in the right. pairwise, we are talking about number 11, Arizona State, against number 8 right now in the uh, Clarkson. Uh, Golden Knights. Where are they? Golden Knights. Yeah, how could I forget the Golden Knights? Uh, Absolutely. Because there was an issue a few years ago <laughs> yeah. with uh, team names. Um, but that's a different sport. Well, it's the same sport. It's just a different league and different right. level. But, uh, um, yeah, it's the Clarkson Golden Knights. So that's where we stand this weekend as the Arizona State Sun Devils will charter out on Thursday to Potsdam, New York, and then come back 11.30 as their scheduled charter departure for coming home on Saturday night afterwards. So um, smart move. As you and I talked about off camera, they charter once a year. This is a great time to charter because, uh, as you said, it's very difficult for you to get there, much less getting there from ASU. Yeah, if we both left at the same time, They'd beat you. Uh, they beat me there. And I'm in New York. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. Okay, so, so that should give you an idea of what kind of travel that would be without a charter flight. All right, let's clean up a couple of things first and foremost. The first thing is we don't have coach today. He, uh, he rushed out after practice, and this time I saw him rush out, and he did throw a comment at me as he went by and said, yeah, we have to go to these meetings because if we don't, we get docked. <laughs> so uh, him and the coaches took off to uh, go to their mandatory meetings at ASU. So there I was no media that. availability with him. Um, he uh, he did take off. I did tell him, I said, good luck this weekend, coach. He said, thank you, and off he went. So we uh, instead took on two pitchfork profiles, which, you know, every week these just get more fun and more fun for me, if that's a word that I can use or a phrase I can use. They're, they're very enjoyable. Let's put it that way. I brought two freshmen in today. Uh, they, they, they're called affectionately by the coaches, the twins, because they basically do everything together. Only they couldn't be farther from the truth than twins, because one is from British Columbia. The other is from Michigan. Uh, it, it's, it, it's hilarious. But yeah, I think it's warmer in British Columbia than it does in, get in certain <laughs> yeah. parts of Michigan. So you could Probably. be right about that. The, the funny part, and I don't want to lead too much into it because you want everybody to hear it, but. Uh, when I visited with Jacob Semek, I ended the uh, the message. I said because one played for Team Canada in of all places, Bonneville, um, Alberta, right, <laughs> the home of the Pashniks. Yeah, uh, and, and both of played them. And, yeah, and played uh, for Team Canada there, which I thought was kind of unique. And then, so I had to ask Jacob Semek about winning a gold medal in the the Youth Olympics 
right. when they went to uh, Lillehammer, Norway. And I told them, I said, you know, I'm 100% Norwegian and I'm jealous to the bone that you got to go there and I didn't. And he had a good chuckle at that. And then we ended the conversation by, uh, I, was, I said, what's the story I heard the other day when I watched you guys play a little USA versus Canada, Latvia, and he kind of really can chuckle. You have to hear what he said when, uh, when it comes out, but it was funny. And then he said, we had a rematch yesterday and we lost again, but I just <laughs> want you guys to know that neither one of them were sanctioned, so they don't count. He said, the next time we do this, the Americans are going to take the two Latvians and the Chinese kid. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, good. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, okay. So it, 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 it was pretty good, but that was, uh, it was, it was pretty comical. I really enjoyed those two. So hopefully, uh, that you will enjoy them as well. And then the other thing that I'm going to throw out there, I told them that today and I'm telling Paul Hornstein for the first time, there's a new hashtag going for me right now. It's called new gear. Ugh. And everybody said new gear. What they get new uniforms. I'd say, no, I believe well, the that, that could, finally that's found... not exactly a, uh, that wouldn't be breaking news though, Paul. No, but but what I saw the last two weekends is is a new gear, and let me explain where that term comes from, or that statement comes from, or phrase, whatever you want to call it. The beginning of the season, Coach Powers told me that his team was fifty percent of their potential. Two months ago, he told me they were seventy five percent of their potential. Last weekend, he said they're getting close, but they still haven't reached their potential. Well. I saw two things that, that I call championship DNA, and here they are. They, they were down, which they shouldn't have been to Brown, but they came back and won a game that they had no business winning after the way they played. So kudos to them for finding that new gear. Last weekend, that weekend was destined to be a split until they decided that they were going to step it up and beat the competition they were playing and win the hockey game, which they did. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, I think they found a new gear. I think now they realize that we can't uh, mess around. We're, we're running out of days in the uh, hockey season. We're running out of games, and we need to start putting some wins together. Well, Hence, hashtag new gear. Well, they have put some wins together, so I don't want I, I can't. That is what it is. Uh, they've swept the last two series, and they've needed to, without a doubt, needed to sweep these last two series. And, you know, if you're if, if you can't play hard now, then when are you going to be able to do it? Absolutely. So. Absolutely. But some teams try to play hard, but they can't find that next gear. And I think this team, I've been wondering all season long, do they have a next gear? And, uh, you know, you and I have talked about losing Dylan Holman and Anthony Croston and how much that maybe meant to this team and. Did they have an Anthony Croston and a Dylan Holman combo somewhere in the lineup, or were there more guys that were going to pick it up? I think we know now the answer to that. They have some guys that can pick it up. Um, you know, I mean, we, we saw some guys play pretty well. I, I really wanted to visit with Gavito Janssens because I thought Gavito had an outstanding uh, Saturday night game on defense, and he hasn't played very much at all this year, but stepped up when they needed him to, and I thought Willie Neerum was strong. And, and what do you say about my two freshman <laughs> defenseman that we laughed and joked about that. They ended up on a rush together and they said, yeah, the, 
Coach Field said that we needed to jump into the play, but I don't think he meant we were both supposed to take it up the ice. So he said a good thing. Uh, Samick told me good thing Juddy finished that off because if he hadn't, it would have made oh. me look pretty bad. So uh, listen, uh, I, I that I that I can that I can totally agree with. <laughs> there is no question that you do. I, you know, it it didn't really dawn on me at the time as as you're watching it because you're just kind of focused on on what's happening not is necessarily all the time exactly specifics and you know when you don't get a chance to see replays you just are focused on <laughs> on on following things um and 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 afterwards i'm like they had two defense that was a two-on-one with defensemen i don't know <laughs> if i've ever seen that i saw it one other time Maniscalco and Pashnik took it a couple weeks ago, wasn't it? That the two of them was went it? on the I don't know. It, it may not have registered. Who knows? But you certainly don't see it end up in a no. goal. No. <laughs> no. You know, because um, you, I mean, it's it's one thing to see one guy rush, but but two guys, usually one guy stays back. And, and you know, that's where a team game comes in. If, right. if you're one of the forwards and sees that, you've got to stay back. Uh didn't end up being anything because they scored, so uh, we nobody had to worry about that. But um, you know, it was uh, it was big goal. You know, every goal that they got this weekend really was a big goal. To be honest with you. Now, so, well, let me tell you. Let me also tell you about practice today, real quick, before we get going any deeper. But um, practice today was as they started um, four groups, puck management, a lot of puck management. Uh, one-on-one battles from the corner, one-on-one battles at center ice inside the circle that Coach Powers was overseeing himself. It, this is definitely uh, a highlight of what he wants to do against not only Clarkson, but every game down the stretch is manage the puck. He's told me that now for about two and a half months. They need better puck management. Well, today they displayed it for the better part of practice. Then they did some uh, some little four-on-four, five-on-five full ice type drills, and and he would stop it, and they would go to the power play, and the penalty kill unit would come out, so they worked on those. Um, It wasn't a very long practice, but it was an intense practice, and it looked like the guys were being given a message. I think it was received. Well, uh, let's hope so, because this week is going to be um, about as tough a weekend as... They've had all year. Uh, they played Denver, uh, but that series was at home. Not to, to, to take away anything from Denver, uh, but, you know, the ASU did have home ice advantage and were 40 seconds away from sweeping that series. Um, this is on the road, and this is a team that uh, stylistically uh, ASU has not matched up well with in the past. Uh, yeah, absolutely. We saw, you know, uh, so this is going to be a a very very telling series, and I don't know if you want to get into you know previewing this, you know, talking about this week coming up before we get into the last weekend, but we can do that. Um, this is let's, a really good. Okay, go let's ahead. get into the last weekend, and then okay. we'll uh, we'll we'll visit with our uh, pitchfork profiles. Then we'll come back and do the preview. So we'll end okay. on the preview part of it. So. Last weekend, RIT, um, they came in, fired up, as you would expect. They, they hadn't won many games. 
uh, recently. So they were uh, battling a little bit on that end of it. They had to play at Oceanside for the first time. And probably more importantly, they remember getting swept by ASU on their home ice last season. Right. And they and they came out and they were definitely the better team at the beginning of Friday night's game. Uh, I thought as the first period wore on that uh, even though ASU had the lead, that uh, uh, RIT was the better team uh, to the first half, the first 10, 12 minutes of the first period uh, before ASU, uh, you know, finally started to slowly turn the tide. Uh, they had a big penalty kill early. Uh, Max Project came up with some really, really big saves uh, on the penalty kill. And, you know, he kept them in that one nothing lead uh, you know, throughout that period, um, ASU was not generating a, a lot of offense. And even into the second period, uh, RIT tied it up pretty early in the second period. Um, and, you know, their goaltender, uh, Drackett, robbed Johnny Walker. Uh, <laughs> Did he ever? Second. Oh, my Lord. Um, I, I wasn't sure if Johnny missed the net on that play or if he was robbed. And, you know, everybody, you know, the... I guess whoever did get to watch some video afterward uh, did get to see that the goalie, uh, Logan Drackett, made the save. So, you know, ASU went into that third period of the Friday night game tied at one. And, you know, the way the game was going, it was it was a nail-biter. You know, and I think that you'd be foolish not to admit that. Um, but then Max Project makes another big save at the beginning of the third period. And before you know it, ASU scored basically the four <laughs> quickest goals in school history. You know, um, uh, they got a couple of bounces. Uh, they got some odd man rushes. Um, they got some face-off wins. And, 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 they, and, they, and they put it away with those four goals in two minutes and 17 seconds. So, um you know the 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 score was five to one, but it was a little bit more of a, a, a nail biter than uh, I'm sure anybody wanted it to be. Well, it was five to one, and it could have been six to one if Johnny Walker gets his uh, lacrosse goal to go in as he wrapped it around behind the net. So I don't know if you saw that one clearly, but it was a, a, a pretty close play where he hit the pipe. Actually, you know. And- you know, this is, uh, you know, I'm still uh, looking at the fact that uh, Drackett made that great save. They, ASU struggled once again on the power play. And uh, we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, in a little bit. But, uh, you know, four goals, two minutes, that's going to win you a lot of games. Uh, yeah, well, they're, ASU they're again. You get those explosions, but they did. Hashtag new gear. They found a way to go into a new gear and put somebody away when they had to. And every player to a man will tell you they've been waiting all season to find a way to close out teams. And they closed them out. Saturday night, your thoughts? Uh, I thought it was a, 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 a back-and-forth game. Uh, I, I think uh, that um, early in the game that uh, – you know, I don't know if it was just RIT playing more desperate uh, than ASU. Well, that's a fact. That's you a know, fact. Um, 
you know, the biggest problem ASU had in that first period was two clear defensive mistakes uh, leading to not only a delayed penalty goal, but a, uh, a, a power play goal uh, or turnovers. And they, they, as Coach said in the postgame, uh, two mistakes ended up in the back of the net in the first period. And, you know, those are mistakes that you can't do. Um, right. as, somebody, as somebody who has coached ice hockey or any level of hockey, that you cannot go out of your way to hit somebody. Right. Okay? And that's what happened in that first period. Uh, when you go out of your way to hit somebody, you put yourself out of position. Yep. And the guy didn't have the puck. They hit, got hit up high. So to get a penalty not, only, on the deal? not only did RIT get a goal off the delayed penalty, they also got a power play out of the deal. Just yep. not a smart move. Um, you know, and then the second mistake that was made, uh, there was a pinch that was way too deep for a guy that uh, doesn't quite have the catch-up speed. Yeah. Is that a fair way to put it? Uh, yep, it just wasn't quite smart. Um, and, you know, ASU also struggled once again with the power play in that first period. So those two things combined to go into the rest of the game down. Um, and then ASU early in the second period can't make a clearing play. It goes down three to one. Yep. And it seems like every mistake that they made got capitalized on by RIT. So, yeah, and that's uh, exactly, I don't know if you saw the photos that we put up, but that's exactly what led to Max Project coming up. Coach said it wasn't really Max's fault. No, it wasn't. They, uh, he, he gave up three goals and five shots, and, and three of them, all three of them were point blank. But uh, you have to make a change just to try to rattle the team a little bit, shake them up, and give, give credit to Evan DeBrower. He came in yeah. uh, stone cold and shut the door the rest of the way. Uh, he didn't let anything buy him the rest of the way, so... You know, that's why you have goaltending tandems, so that when one guy, because right. nobody was better than Max Project Friday night, yeah. and nobody was better than Evan DeBrower the, the two periods that he played on Saturday night. You know, so. and then and then ASU makes some basic plays. They win a face-off, get a goal off a face-off for the second week in a row. Right. Uh, create a turnover, put the puck in the back of the net, um, and now the game is tied once again going into the third period and, you know, the win, a, win a period, win a game. So, uh, you know, and um, that's what it was. It came down to each night winning the third period. Well, two, things, two things I want to throw out there. Um, we talked a little bit about the power play. The power play changed midstream. It, used, it was being everything was set up this time to Josh Maniscalco, the fighter, uh, Josh has been having a problem hitting the net, though, which is not a good thing when you're shooting from that point. And then they changed it up, and they started doing some movement across the, the in, near the blue line. Well, uh, they, listen, they pass it, go across, pass it, go across. That's something that they hadn't been doing for that I can remember all year. And here's the key to that, though, Scott: the puck movement was very was much much quicker. If, yep. if you had looked at the power plays before that, and, you know, 
you're there, I'm not. I can only go by what I see. But it's not a coincidence that on that last sixth power play that ASU got in that game, uh, and honestly, I I kept expecting ASU to get called for a penalty uh, right. throughout that game because RIT had two penalties in a row, three penalties in a row, four penalties in a row. And these games are reffed by human beings, and right. you know the natural yeah, tendency know. is like you know. Um, and on that sixth and final uh, power play, you know, hey, they moved the puck really quickly. They got a, a very much a needed power play goal that gave them some breathing room. So, yep, absolutely. You know, and then, of course, when I did finally expect ASU to get a penalty. I wasn't expecting it to be the goalie. <laughs> right. The goalie with a trip, right? I was uh, not expecting it to be the goalie. Uh, thankfully, yeah. they had the two-goal lead. So, yeah, uh, it was a bit of a cushion, so it yeah. wasn't quite as nerve-wracking on that oh. end of it. But, yeah, I mean, we all thought about it as we were sitting there. Going <laughs> the like, goalie got a penalty. That is – I expected a penalty. Can't lie say I expected the goalie to be the one to get the penalty. So – well, the uh, bottom line of it is, Paul, they got they got one. through the series with two wins, uh, Not, 15, and, 15, 8, and 3 right now as we stand. Going from 14 in the pairwise to 11 in the pairwise, which is huge. Oh, you know, yeah, absolutely. You know, we learned that last year. Um, they finished 10th in the pairwise um, and gave them some room to, 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 to survive. The conference tournaments. Yep, exactly. And, um, you know, so that's around where you're going to want to be again is that 10 or 11 spot to give you that breathing room because at 10, it takes four plus conference upsets to prevent you from getting into the NCAA tournament. When you're at 13 or 14, you have no, you you are rooting pure chalk, and even that might not be enough. So, Uh, this, as we know, is a big weekend and, you know, we talk about that in a couple of minutes, but, uh, you know, let's take a a quick break. Let's bring in our, uh, our two pitchfork profiles, uh, Jack Judson and uh, Jacob Semek, the two freshman defensemen who have been mainstays since the very start. Then you and I will come back. We'll wrap things up a little preview of a trip to Clarkson, a team that we saw up close and personal last Christmas. Yeah. Okay. We'll be right back. Welcome in, hockey fans in the desert southwest. It's another Pitchfork profile. I got a freshman with me, but I can't really call him a freshman anymore because, Jack Judson, you've been starting on this team in the starting lineup, in the lineup, as a regular since day one. Mm -hmm. So, uh, British Columbia native, let's start off with right that. Tell me a little bit about uh, growing up near Vancouver. Um, Obviously, from Canada, uh, just about 45 minutes outside of Vancouver. Um, You know, it's been great playing up there and played uh, junior in Vernon in the interior, which is also a great place to play. They really love their hockey up there. So, you know, I've just really enjoyed it so far. Coach Powers tells me that you were a commit for a long time. What yeah. what drew you to Arizona State University? Yeah, I committed uh, back when I was 16. Uh, one of the first offers I had, but I just really trusted what the coaches said and believed in the program. And obviously they weren't, you know, ranked as high as we are now, but I just I knew we'd eventually get there, and I'm just really happy with my decision. You know, I always like to ask people when they come down here to, uh, to play at Oceanside, a lot of people will say, this is like where I grew up playing hockey, things like that. Yeah. How does Oceanside fit your game? Um, you know, I, you hear that a lot. Um, you know, might be not be as nice as 
some other teams' rinks, but you know we uh, we played really well in it. And honestly, uh, it's a good it's a good ice size for me. Like I'm I'm more of a small rink player to be honest. Be able to you know read plays, um, and I you know I really like playing in it. So when you came in here, you were immediately paired with uh, another freshman in Jacob Semek. Yeah. You guys seem to mesh right away, and you've gotten better as the season goes along. What's your relationship like on and off the ice with Jacob? Uh, we're really close. We live together. We pretty much do everything together. Uh, uh, the coaches actually call us the twins. So, you know, I think that chemistry really helps us out on the ice. Last weekend, I thought may have been one of your best weekends uh, for both of you. you. You both jump yeah. into the play. You got a two-on-one rush, yeah. right, the two of you? Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that one. Yeah, that was awesome. Uh, you don't really see 2D leading the rush too much, but uh, Coach uh, Fields, uh, Fieldy said uh, to us before the weekend, he wants us to get up in the play more and trust our legs. So that's what we did and seemed to work out for us. So hopefully you can build off that. So as a defenseman here at Arizona State University, you got two pretty good ones in front of you, Brinson Pashnuk and uh, Josh Maniscalco. What have you learned from them since you've been here? Uh, they're great leaders, great guys on and off the ice. Um, you know, a couple of guys you kind of want to model your game after. They're, uh, you know, they're obviously very offensive, but they're also very reliable players for us. So I just, I've been able to, it's nice to be under a couple of guys like that who've been through it and have that veteran presence and they're really good uh, role models. The other thing for you is you're, you're young, right? You came right in, yeah. um, r didn't spend a whole lot of time growing up before you got here. And, yeah. and you got Demetrius Komenzis who came in very, very young too. But has he taught you anything uh, just from the fact that you're young with these guys? Yeah, I mean, he, he, uh, he came in real early, true freshman. So kind of picked his brain a bit at the start of the year. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's a lot of great guys in the locker room, so it's it uh, wasn't too hard to come in as a young guy and fit in with the group. Speaking of fitting in with the group, you come in early in your freshman year, you get to take a trip to China, then you go to Alaska, then you go to the East Coast. You've been all over the place. Did you ever think you were gonna travel this much as a uh, freshman hockey player? Uh, honestly, like, I actually, I've thought about that a few times. It's pretty cool, like, growing up, you don't really uh, think about, like, all these places you're gonna get to go, like, East Coast right. and China and just, Pretty much everywhere we've gone, it's like almost the first time I've been to every place, so it's been really cool to be all over. A lot of people will say that at Arizona State that the hockey's not not great in the desert southwest, but you've had a chance to be here now for almost a year, and you've had a chance to see the hockey here. Yeah. How good is the hockey in the desert southwest? Uh, I mean, you can see it's just growing uh, at a very fast rate, and you know, I don't think people give it enough credit that it uh, deserves. And if you play here, you, you know, you get to see. Uh, the hype it deserves and I mean it's, a, it's really growing down here so I think uh, as the program goes on people respect it more. You know when I look at the team and I've done this for five years now I've covered you since before you were a team basically yeah. I, and I look at it I, I kind of pick out numbers and I call it my magic number at the beginning of the year and I say this is what I think you guys need to do to accomplish yeah. the opportunity to get to an NCAA tournament. Yeah. For a number of reasons. First of all, you don't have a conference, yep. so you got to earn your way in. Last year, the guys did it. Yep. This year, I set the bar a little higher. I said you guys need 24 wins based on the schedule. So you got nine games to get that goal, 10 yeah. games to play. Yeah. I know you guys <coughs> want to think about one of a time, but how important would it be to repeat to get back to that national tournament? Oh, it's very important. Uh, I don't think we'd be uh, satisfied with anything, at least getting to the tournament, if we should be. We want to do more than that too. 
want to compete for national championships. So, um, you know, as you said, uh, being uh, not in a conference, very important to win games that we should. And uh, so it puts a little pressure on us. But, you know, I think uh, we're up for the challenge. You know, and as I watch you guys developed all season long, I, I called something, I came up with a new hashtag this weekend. I said new gear, because what I found was you guys took a step last weekend and this weekend. This weekend had, had split written all over it until the third period, and then all of a sudden there was a new gear. Mm -hmm. What does it say about your team? I mean, I think, uh, I think we're a very conditioned team. You know, Leanne early uh, pushed us you know, off the ice, so I think when the third period comes around, we're, you know, we're not going to be as tired as some teams, and uh, just shows how our group's kind of building now that we can go into the third period with a tie and then come out in pretty dominant fashion both the last two games. So, you know, Coach Powers told me at the beginning of the year he said this team's got a lot of potential, but they're they're about halfway there at the start of the season. And yeah. then about a month ago, I said, where are they at? He said, 75 percent. Yeah. In your mind, where's this team at as far as potential? I mean, I don't want to put a percent on it, but. Um, I think we're, uh, we, I don't think we've played our best hockey yet. I still think we have like room for, uh, for improvement, which is, which is actually a really uh, good thing because we've, you know, we've beaten some good teams right. and we haven't even uh, gotten to our full potential. So that's, that's a good sign for us going down the road. Is it safe to say that you guys are starting to peak right now and that you're hoping the NCAA tournament is where you guys get and peak? Uh, yeah, I think that's, I think that's pretty safe to say. And it's a really important time in the season. It's crunch time now and uh, every game's really important so we got to be going on all cylinders. All right we talk a lot about hockey but let's uh, let's talk a little bit about being a student athlete. What's it like? What's adjustment been for you coming into a campus with 50,000 people on it and uh, the weather here in Arizona? What's it been like? Uh, it's a bit of a change from uh, you know <laughs> up north on the west coast but uh, it's obviously beautiful here and the campus probably one of the nicest in the country so uh, it was kind of an adjustment getting back into school because I took a year off with junior and right. that gap year. So, but uh, I had a pretty good first semester. So I'm kind of used to it now and in the swing of it. You know, Coach Powers strives on finding uh, athletes that are student athletes, right? Yeah. He pushes the books real hard. Tell me a little bit about what that's like when you have to travel the way you have and, and compete the way you are at this level. What's it like to have to study too? Uh, yeah, he puts a lot of emphasis on being a good student in person, and uh, you know, I just with uh, some of the other freshmen, we'll get together and just get our schoolwork done and try and get out of the way before a game, and you know, just make sure we're not missing any assignments. But it's been going good so far when you have teammates are going with you too. So, okay, let's wrap things up by talking a little bit about growing up and your style of play. Okay. Tell me sometimes about what you remember growing up in, in BC and, and what got you interested in hockey and, and what's your style? Who, who do you want to mimic your game after? Um, I think my style, uh, I don't know, sometimes I'm a little feisty out there. Uh, maybe seen it a few times this right. year. It's, it's a little, it's kind of hard being a freshman, you know, you can't necessarily be that guy right away, but uh, you know, I like to I like consider myself a two-way guy and like to get up into the play, but I also pride myself on D a lot. So that's kind of how I've uh, grown up playing. As a kid, when do you remember putting on the skates for the first time, and what's one of your biggest memories as a kid growing up? Uh, I think I was about seven or eight when I started, uh, maybe like a, a year after most of my friends. Um, I was a little shy at first, so it's kind of hard getting out there, but then I just grew to love it. And one of my biggest memories as a kid was probably winning the uh, John Reed Memorial Tournament in Bantam. It's probably right. one of the most prestigious Bantam tournaments, so that was kind of my first uh, really cool memory as a young kid.
You also <laughs> played in a tournament in Bonneville, didn't you? Yeah. Pretty big tournament. Yeah, World Junior A. Tell me a little bit about that one. And did you know at that point that, that two of your teammates were Bonneville natives? Um, I, uh, I did know they were, yeah, I did yeah. know they were uh, on ASU. Uh, I didn't really know a lot about them yet. But, um, yeah, you kind of, when you grow up, you don't really expect playing <laughs> for, like, Team Canada or, or anything with the Maple Leafs. So that was just a huge honor to be able to rep represent my country in some way. All right, Jack Judson, thanks a lot for the time. I can't call you a freshman much anymore because you're growing quickly, but Thank congratulations you. so far on the success. Continue it on, and let's see you in the national tournament. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you, man. Thanks. Welcome in, hockey fans. I got the other half of the defensive oh, yeah. pairing. I got the twins today. I got Jack Judson first. Now I got Jacob Semek with me. I just talked to your defensive partner, right? And I asked him, I said, what's it like to come in here as a freshman and uh, join this team? But not only join the team, but be a mainstay from the very start. Your uh, thoughts? Oh, it's awesome. Um, it's obviously nice having uh, guys that I've played with in the past, like Maniscalco, to kind of lead the way is a huge part of our team. And then having a guy like Judson, who's in the same exact scenario, is a big uh, help for us because we can kind of relate to each other, whether it's being in the weight room or, or on the ice, we kind of play a similar style. So we struggle with the same things and we excel in the same things. So it's really easy to kind of have someone that exactly knows how you feel about everything. You know, I asked Coach Powers uh, last year, I said, what are you gonna do for defensemen? He said, oh, I got a couple that are coming in that are gonna be special. And I said, oh, you're talking about Brinson and Maniscalco. He said, no, 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 I'm talking about Judson and Semek. Um, what did he tell you when he recruited you? What did he tell you about what you could do here? Uh, you know, he just said I'd have an opportunity here, and he was very black and white with me. He, he said you'd have an opportunity to play, and um, he didn't guarantee any type of ice time. He just said you'll have an opportunity and get your chance, and I kind of just ran with it. So, I mean, he didn't guarantee anything. He just kind of said, look, like you'll have an opportunity here, and I just kind of took advantage of that opportunity, I guess. So as we talk in January, so many things have happened for this program over the, the, its inception the last four and a half years. But this year especially, it's been weird, right? You started early, you went to China, then you came back, you went to Alaska, then you had three weeks off in the middle of, of the season. Then all of a sudden you get into a stretch of 13 straight, which you're now getting close to the end on, yeah. and you guys have held up. What's it been like as a player? Uh, it's been good. I think coming from junior hockey, you play a lot of games, so you're really kind of used to the grind, but it's, it's the perfect team to be able to do this type of uh, schedule with. We're very close. And uh, we have a really good leadership, so it's been it's been an easy transition with all these games. And even on the weeks off, staying dialed in, it's it, it's a help when you have guys that are older, like that really lead the way, like Brinson, and, and teach you, like, all right, well, this week's off, but we also got to be prepared because in three weeks we got to be able to have an A game. So um, basically, our leadership kind of helped us with that, and especially the younger guys and how close our team is. You know, when I look at your team right now, and I, I hashtagged a new one this week, I call it new gear, right? Because you guys showed me something last weekend and this past weekend. In Brown, you came back from behind and you, and you just took things upon yourself and won a hockey game. This weekend, it had split written all over it the way you played the first couple of periods on Saturday night. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, you found the what I call new gear. Is that new gear something that's new or is that something that's been hiding in this team for a while? I think for our team, um, we obviously have been trying to get over the hump and get over the hump, and we've kind of battled a couple weeks here. And um, these last two weekends have really been a, a showing tale of how, uh, how our team really is and, and really taking that next step, which is what we've been trying to do leading into a team like Clarkson and, 
making sure we can really close out a team. And we did that on Saturday night, even coming from behind. And it's just going to help us in the long run because in the big games, you might have to play from behind. And we've kind of been in every scenario now where uh, we can handle anything, I think. And um, it's good to get that out of the way early because you don't want to face it in the end and not know what to do. So as part of this stretch, you ran into a bunch of Saturday-Sunday games, which is uncommon in uh, NCAA hockey. Is that difficult as a player to play when you're programmed all week long to play Friday, Saturday night? Has that been an effect on you guys? Yeah, you know, it's, it's different. But uh, with Leanne and being so dialed in with us in the weight room, she's very good at uh, getting us prepared for that quick turnaround. So um, it's something you get used to. You've done it kind of your whole life. But it's definitely you got to take care of your body extra after the Friday night game or the Saturday night game, if you will, um, going into the 3 p.m. Sunday game. So uh, Leanne does a great job with us with the recovery and making sure that we're able to play. And, and either way, both teams have to deal with it. So we're... Uh, we, we're used to it at this point, and it's only going to help us, like I said, in case uh, we have one later on. Okay, speaking of later on, the uh, the team made the national tournament last year, something like 30 years since an independent did it. I, got, I set you guys up on a little magic number thing because I look at the schedule early in the year, and I go, okay, this is what I think they must do to compete. I said the magic number was 24 wins. you got nine left to get there. you got 10 games to do it. I know you want to do it one game at a time, but making that national tournament's important, isn't it? Yeah, for us, uh, especially with them making it this year I think, or last year, it, for us, it's it's tournament or bust. That's how we kind of look at it. We're not we're not trying to just have a good season. We're all here trying to make the tournament, and that's being an independent team. That's our our big time goal, and uh, overall winning a national championship. So we're not here to just have a good season and have fun. Like we want to make the national tournament, and that it's a bust for us if we don't make it at this point. You know, I guess technically you're a freshman, but th some of the plays you made last weekend <laughs> definitely moved you out of the freshman category in my mind. Tell me about the two-on-one with your defensive partner. Uh, well, it was kind of a breakaway. I was at the end of my shift, so I was trying not to make it about me because I saw Morocco and then Judson coming up, and, and PJ actually did a great job on that play because he drove the net hard, which pushed back their uh, D. And by pushing back their D, he was focused on me and PJ, and then I kind of just slid it over to Judson, and he just he did his thing, and he, he scored a great goal. So, I mean, without him obviously scoring, I look a little bit off there, but whatever. It, it worked out. We're just going to pretend I meant to do it like that. So, Jetty told me that uh, Coach Fields said, I want you guys to step up on the play a little more. True? Yeah, true. He, uh, he kind of challenged us last week to take that step, I think, as a freshman, you, you come here and you don't want to really mess up because yeah. especially with guys like Brinson and Maniscalco are really, really, really good players. And you're kind of just don't want to be that that pair that messes up and being freshman, you kind of got to earn the coach's trust. And uh, once we kind of found out that we earned his trust, uh, he kind of challenged us to, hey, like, look, we know you can do this perfect and you can do this good or whatever. And but we want you to do more because we know you can. And, and that's all it took for us. And it was, it was nice to have their support. It's always, you never really know as a freshman if you have the coach's full support to go and jump and make plays. But the coaches here are unbelievable with trusting you and, and letting you develop. You know, part of that trust factor is the power play, obviously. And I saw he's moved you guys around. He's put you up with the first offensive pairing, if you will. Although your team is so balanced, who knows? But yeah. uh, what's it like to be able to work with guys like uh, Johnny Walker and Sanchez and, and Willie Niram up front? Well, they're great players. I, I played with Sanchez and Niram in Dubuque, and then Walker's obviously the best goal scorer in college hockey. So it's, uh, 
it's it's great to play with them. It's I mean, every time you get a shift with them, you know you're you're going to be in the offensive zone and you're going to be making plays. So it's good when uh, you play with guys that are especially up for the Hobie Baker and, and guys that are uh, excelling here and uh, watching them kind of their path. It's just awesome to see and glad to be a part of it for them. Okay, so let's talk Dubuque, right? You played at Dubuque. I, I joke with your teammates and when I talk with Willie and, and I said, uh, you know what happens is it seems like there's a, a direct line from Dubuque to ASU. What's the connection there? Is it just, is it just coincidence? I mean, I think part of it's a coincidence, but at the same time, uh, Mike Field was uh, assistant coach there. So he kind of has the scoop. Uh, he obviously knows all the billet coordinators and all the, the staff there. He stays in touch uh, pretty well, but I mean, it's the, it's the best university to play hockey at. So it's, I mean, any junior player, any, anywhere would want to come here. So it's just kind of a coincidence that we all ended up here. All right, let's wrap it up by talking about growing up playing hockey. I always like to get the inside scoop on you guys. When did you start playing? What are some of the memories you have of uh, youth hockey and what got you to this point? Oh, I, I think I started really early, I think two or three. My parents didn't play. Um, they didn't, they learned hockey through me. My dad was like a baseball guy and bowling, like in golf, like the worst sports. But um, my mom was, she played sports too, I'll have to admit, but she's not very whatever. She. She says she played sports, but um, they just learned through me, and they kind of just said, here, like, he likes it. Like, they were very hands-off, I'd say. They just let me have fun with it, and it just kind of worked out. And then uh, grew up with the Little Caesars organization um, for seven, seven years, I think. And then when I got a little older, honey baked, and then that was kind of it. Okay, you did win a gold medal, though, for Team USA, I'm told. Yeah, yeah, I did with uh, Youth Olympics. Um, they're in the championship tomorrow, actually, for the, for the next wave, so I'm going to be rooting for them. Um, so, yeah, I got lucky enough to win one of those, and uh, it was just right place, right time, I guess. So I'm 100% uh, I'm Norwegian, and you got to go to Norway, and I'm jealous right down yeah, to my oh bone yeah. on that because I haven't been there. What was Norway like? Oh, it was beautiful. We stayed in the Olympic Village, and uh, a lot of mountains, a lot of snow, but it was, it was awesome. The town, the people, there was awesome. And uh, being in a place like that where the fan base was so cool for all the games, too, um, and playing for your country, it was a really cool experience. All right, final one. Last weekend in practice, or last week in practice, you had a little battle, right? You had uh, uh, USA versus uh, Canada, Latvia. <laughs> Tell me a little bit about that, and why did I have to hear that Canadian national anthem? Oh, I, I mean, it wasn't sanctioned, first <laughs> off. You got two Latvians and a kid from China on their team, so it's not a sanctioned event. It's not IHF rules, so it doesn't count. Um, it's completely void and then yesterday we had a little rematch and and we lost again but it also wasn't sanctioned because we got guys from Europe I didn't know it was a Canada Europe like we'll take the Latvians next time and Zonger and we'll we'll go to work and win all right thank you Mr. Simic for spending some time with us uh, continue the fun continue the good play and let's get into that national tournament awesome thank you Scott appreciate it man Welcome back in, college hockey fans in the desert southwest. is College Hockey Southwest Weekly, the podcast. Paul Hornstein still out on Long Island. Scott Strandy still here in Scottsdale, Arizona. Just had a chance to uh, to hear our two freshman defensemen, uh, Jack Judson, Jacob Semek. They call them the coaches call them affectionately, as I said, the twins. They live together. They uh, they do everything together. Is pretty yeah, much fun. what Jack told me. But they, um, they, they've been really good on the ice. Uh, I joked with, uh, 
with Jacob Semek in the beginning of it, I said, Jacob, I said, when I asked Coach Powers how his defensive pairings were going to go this year, he said, I got a couple of good ones. And I said, oh, you mean Maniscalco and Pashnik? He goes, no, I mean Semek and Judson. So that's what he told me in April when he knew these guys were coming in. He expected big things out of them. And I kept hearing this is kind of a common theme now running through all the pitchfork profiles. All the players are saying, what I really like about this program is that Coach Powers is honest with us. He doesn't promise anything. He just tells us straight up the way it is. And that's what he told Jacob Samick, too. He said, you know, come here. You're going to get an opportunity to play. I'm not going to tell you how much ice time you get or what pairing you're going to be on or how that's going to go. But come here, work hard, and you got your shot. And all the players to a man, I mean, you heard it from Max Project last week. <clears throat> he was just uh, ecstatic about playing for Coach Powers. So without a building at this point, the, the draw is Arizona State's campus, the weather, right. and Coach Powers. That's the three things that are the draw right now. And how, how long can they go on that? I don't know. But don't know. if you got a coach like uh, that's that well-received by his players, that certainly can't hurt. Well, winning also helps too. That's not, let's not forget that. Right. Um, you but, know, but the coaches have a lot to do with winning because of they course. have to not, recruit but, the players and put them together. So. But I mean, the fact is, when you win, it makes things it makes it a lot easier for everybody to. Uh, but you know but, that takes work on the players' part too. But one thing on that is, if you heard Jack Judson say, and Coach Powers told me that he said he was one of my first recruits, one of my first commits many years many years ago. Now it's only been five years. But Jack Judson committed to ASU when he was 16 years old. And I asked him about that. I said, what did you know about the program? And he said, well, I knew that they weren't very good, but I knew they were going to be very good down the road. And uh, so he he took a year off, a gap year from school to college, played juniors, came on board, one of the youngest players, a true freshman. And uh, look what he's doing. So, I mean, that's some pretty good impressive scouting, if you ask me. Well, listen, uh, the two of them have been really, really good. Um, they've had a couple of spots where they've hit a freshman wall. Uh, like most freshmen do, uh, you know, uh, it happens. It's not unexpected. It's not out of the ordinary. Uh, but those spots have been minimal. And you know what? When when they've hit those spots, Paul, you and I have both noticed that they've adjusted the lines sometimes. Yeah. They've moved them yeah. to different partners. Yeah. And maybe that's so. what it does, but... Now they're back together again, and they're even seeing some time on the uh, on the power play, which is which we talked about. Which we talked about. Um, you know, this this uh, they're going to be an important pair uh, for ASU for the next uh, two years at least. After this, I mean, you yes. never know what happens in the future, but you know, the odds are they're going to be here at least two years. Um, they're going to be a big big time pair uh, for this team. And, you know, uh, Brinson Pashnuk graduates after this year and, you know, and runs out of eligibility. He'll be in the, the pro ranks somewhere at some point. And, um, you know, so Josh Maniscalco is going to have another partner and if he's here. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. if he's and here. And we don't know that. And we don't know that either. So it's it's very likely that next year, uh, or not very likely, it's it's possible that next year these two kids can be the number will be the number one D pair, um, depending on it's how possible. it breaks down. Yeah. So, um, and they don't have at least as far as I can tell a lot of defensemen coming in next year. 
So no, but uh, what they do have, Paul, is uh, Max Balanson hasn't seen the ice at all this year. Uh, Gavito Janssen's is going to be a senior. He'll be a, an important part of the uh, defensive core. And, uh, and he was he was Stewart. really good. Uh, yeah. Gavito was really good on Saturday night. He was uh, uh, when you know he saw a lot of ice time in the second and third periods, and he was really really good. Oh, what would you expect? He's my favorite married Latvian. Uh, you better hope that they stay. <laughs> one stays married and one stays not married. Because what are you going to do then with your favorite married and unmarried Latvian? What are you going to do then there, Mr. Magic Number? Uh, we'll worry about that when that happens. Yeah. By the way, the magic number is nine one. right now, Paul. Um, <laughs> anyway. I see, you, I see you trying to drum up support everywhere with that stuff, but. It, we've counted it down. We started at 24. We're down to nine. Ten games left. Again, folks, I'm going to tell you, everybody asks me, I get, they get a message, they say, is that what it's going to require to get in the tournament? No, not necessarily. What that number is is what I looked at the season, and I said, with the competition they're playing, based on what I see at the beginning of the year, that's what it's going to require. But that oh. doesn't mean that they won't get in with 21 or 22 or 23. It all depends. Well, let's put it this way, okay? For your magic number to be the quote-unquote magic number, uh, that means nine out of their last ten games here they'd have to win. Well, and um, let, and let me means, tell you how I think they can do it. I think they get a split at Clarkson. Well, I let's – let, well, I think they okay, come home right. and they sweep Robert Morris. I think they go on the road and they sweep uh, Bentley and – who else are they playing up there? Bentley Holy and, Cross. and Holy Cross and you're back – Backyard, basically. Um, <laughs> Anything this side of the Mississippi is my backyard compared to you. So let's. So, and, and then they come home. They got Alaska Anchorage, which isn't going to be easy, but uh, they they can handle them. So then it then it comes down to Wisconsin and deja vu because last year they were in the same boat going to Minnesota, and and Minnesota took a took a whooping to him, but Minnesota had something to play for. Uh, I don't know what Wisconsin's going to have to play for this year. I don't know what Wisconsin is, to be honest with you. Because... I don't think anybody does, but that's six weeks down the line. So, yeah, I don't yes. even... Uh, I'm, you know, I, like the coach, am focused on this week at Clarkson. Um, fortunately, which, the track... Which you have to be, yeah. but from so, my end of it, you gotta you got to kind of speculate and kind of formulate and decide whether this team is deserving one. of it. One. Well, I agree. One at a time. <laughs> but the time. bottom line of it is, is that you still have to, uh, you have to find the quote, hashtag new gear, which I think they found. And we're going to find so. out this weekend. They're going they to need to have that, that new this gear. They're going to have to. And they're going to need to have that new gear in the tournament. Let's oh. face it. This is a tournament game right now. I, listen, every game for them right now is a tournament game. Uh, this is a chance for them to do a lot of um, what I don't I don't want to say damage because that's not really the right word but this is a chance for them to solidify where they are right now in the pairwise Clarkson is eight this is going to be the last uh, opponent that will be ahead of ASU in the pairwise by a long shot by a long shot it's not even close <laughs> yeah. Um we're talking 30s, 40s, and 50s for the rest yeah, of the team. Yeah, I mean, so uh, this is the, this is the last weekend where you can do 
minimal damage to yourself and only strengthen yourself because from here on out, uh, missteps will cost you a lot. Uh, you can rel you can um, deflect some of the damage if you can get one of the two games this weekend because road losses don't really hurt you as much as uh, home losses do. Um, and when you win on the road against a team that's higher than you in the pairwise, that helps you a lot. Yes. Um, and, and we said it all year. Coaches said it all year. It's like the goal going in is to win every game, but you're happy with a, a split on the road right. and sweep home. And we both know the sweeps at home have been a little bit of a struggle starting from mm -hmm. the very opening night, opening mm -hmm. weekend. Um, so you have to have to take care of business. We said it all along at that first night. Um, loss would, would be a stinger and they were going to have to do something special. Maybe this is a weekend they do something Maybe. special. So they, almost they, got, they almost got if, it against Denver. Yeah, and if they get the sweep against uh, Clarkson, my goodness, that could really elevate them to a point where I don't know that they would lose the spot unless they were to go over the last six well, games. I did. Let, let's work on getting one. This is the kind of team you're playing this weekend. This is a team that's got a power play perspective percentage of almost 25% conversion rate, which says, of course, as we say every week, must stay out of the penalty box. You can't get caught up in silliness after whistles. You can't get yourself caught out of position. You have to continue to move your feet, especially in the defensive zone, because this team will kill you on the power play. They've got two guys with six power play goals on there team they've got another guy who's got five okay and they're converting one out of every four power plays and on the penalty kill they're at 92 percent killing the penalties and you know we've seen in the last few weeks where asu's power play has really struggled and asu is normally able to be and play with anybody five on five so yeah, agree that is agree. that is your best chance to win They've got three guys that have 20-plus points. They have another three guys that are in double digits as well. And their goaltending has been off the charts. Frank Marat, who's a grad transfer from Robert Morris, has got a 1.77 goals against average and a 9.38 save percentage. So you're not getting very many easy ones against this team either. Um, and they will choke you if you don't play the right way. Yep, I think, and that's, uh, once again, I'm going to go right back to my new hashtag, new gear. That's what they're going to have to play with is that new gear that they found. It's like getting yourself a sports car, right? And you get into it, and, and you know how, how it goes at drive, but that's that next gear that gets you down the road, right? That's what this team showed me last week, and I hope they continue to show it because that's what they're going to so. need to do. Secondly and finally is goaltending. I uh, had a opportunity to ask uh, a written question to coach powers i right. asked him who was going to be in goal he gave me the standard code an coach answer as you would suspect that it would be the best goaltender that would give him a chance to win but i think we both know it's probably going to be evan de brower probably uh, at least on friday night and uh the one thing i like about apollo is i think that both of the goaltenders have proven that they can win some big games so it's a matter of who's hot I'm going to say this again. I'm going to beat a dead horse like I've been doing all year long. It's important that they play Friday, Saturday, and that they get basically a full 24 hours in between. 
I know Leanne is good. I know she's great at what she does. I know that both teams have to play it, but that's not the same. And here's why it's not the same. The teams are different, right? The teams play different schedules coming into the weekend and coming out of the weekend. They don't always play the same. ASU played six straight weeks to Saturday, Sunday. Yeah. So now, now you're back to Friday, Saturday. It's your normal routine. You do your classwork. The, uh, kudos to ASU for flying in, as we already mentioned on the charter, because Potsdam is not easy to get to. Get in, no, it's not. get out, and get your job done, right? It's a business trip like never before. Clarkson is not to be taken lightly, as we've talked about, and this, this series is huge. So yeah. here we go. Let's yeah. see what happens this weekend. A couple yeah, yeah, yeah. of uh, housekeeping notes just to throw out there before we wrap things up today is that uh, we're, we're working real hard on improving things and, and growing things around here. We're going to be trying out some new things and may hear some new voices coming up in the future with uh, our introduction or our close and some of the tie-ins. I want to shout out again to our friends at College Bar and Grill that uh, are now located on Mill Avenue and um, for all indications, I haven't had a chance to get down to the new site yet, but for all indications, it's uh, a nice step up, let's say, because the, right. uh, the crowd on Mill is a lot more than the crowd on college. <laughs> yeah, well. Um, so that's a good thing. Especially and, when uh, there's no classes involved. And yeah, well, yeah, and, and now that school is in session, it's a, it's a big deal. So yep. good news on that front. We're also looking forward to getting our friends from uh, Roger Klein and uh, – Mexican Moonshine Tequila on board with us. Roger is uh, doing a little rebranding, so hopefully that's coming down the pike soon. Our friends at Sprint have been awesome, uh, giving us the best technology that we could possibly get, making everything a little smoother for us. We look forward to improving that down the road. Uh, our friends at Oceanside, I was there for us. We know they're working on trying to get some uh, those gold jerseys in and maybe some black jerseys and good stuff too because fans want them. Yeah, they uh, do. Our, our friends over behind the mask always keeping us with uh, some good jackets and gear and things like that that we need. Uh, our friends up at uh, the, the Ice Den in Scottsdale and Chandler, the home of the uh, Phoenix Coyotes practice facility. What? Uh, yeah, sorry, Arizona Coyotes. <laughs> good catch, Paul. What? <laughs> the Arizona Coyotes. Sorry oh, about that. Oh, you are going to get that email, boy. Are you going to get that, that message from the president and <laughs> nice, CEO? And nice he's gonna be catch. Like, yeah, he's nice be like, catch. Yeah, you let the New Yorker catch you on that? Uh, can, can, we, can we call them just the Scottsdale? Let's just call them the Scottsdale Coyotes. Uh, coward. <laughs> All right. Um, and then our friends over at uh, M Drive for, uh, for keeping us charged up. And also our uh, friends over at OxyPal. Fantastic Fridays are back. Unfortunately, we do not do the Fantastic Fridays with the NCAA players just to avoid any potential for uh, violations. We will not select them. So when people had asked me, how come you don't have an NCAA player? That's the reason. Why? So our ACHA players have worked very hard to. Uh, to achieve their goals. So it's nice to reward them with a little something from OxyPow. So I think I got all the bases covered now, Paul. Yeah, I think we're good for now. We'll okay. figure it out. We'll keep uh, rocking and rolling. So until next week, let's get a sweep at Clarkson and, uh, and come back here talking about a magic number of seven. One. Good night, folks. Have a good, good evening. Night.